0: Chapter 13 is where we'll be reading this week. Acts chapter 13. Verses 2-12 through 12 will be the Scripture. Uh, but I'm just so thankful as we're going to see an example of God doing mo- mighty things, wonderful things, using His people to do that, and how He has given us a, a level of authority, of power, through the working of the Holy Spirit to do His work upon this earth. Last week we talked about roles. We talked about how there's things that I can do, but there's things that only God can do. Amen? And there's times that we, we, need, to, we need to pray. That's what we can do. We need to be obedient. That's what we can do. But there's also times where we just need God's divine and sovereign intervention in a situation that we are in. And I'm thankful for that. But I want us to look at how God enables and empowers His people to do the work of, of God, or His work in this world. And We want to talk about the God-given authority, and the God-given power that we have through Him working in us. Amen. Amen. In us and through us. Amen. But Acts chapter 13 verses 2 through 12 is the scripture if you want to turn there or you can read up here on the screen but it reads like this it says as they ministered to the lord and fasted the holy spirit said now separate to me barnabas and saul for the work to which i've called them then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them they sent them away so being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Cilicia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. And when they arrived at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. Now when they had gone through the island of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the preconsul, uh, Sergius Pallas, an intelligent man, this man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elymas the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the preconsul away from the faith. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, O fool of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord?" And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. That is Acts chapter 13, verses 2 through 12. I want us to real quick, I just want to establish what is, is going on here. We know Paul went on multiple missionary trips taking different ones with him upon these trips. But most of his trips ended up going into the Gentile people, right? This is the really the first push that we see of mission work in the people of the Gentiles, outside of Israel, most of the people had been, at that time, going to Jerusalem, going to the Israel cities, preaching the gospel there, going to those synagogues and talking. But we see that Paul here, and and Barnabas and others, as they begin to create this, this lineage of people, that would be going into these Gentile cities, these Gentile nations, and establishing churches. And this is the first time we see Paul going on a mission trip. We see his route, and we read the rest of the chapter, and continue on. It really lays out the route that he went, going to different places, talking to different people, doing different things. But here we see he comes to this island of Pathos, right? And he's doing this work of God that God has called him to do. And we see these events laid out that occurs. It is important for us to understand, before we really get into the depths of it, it is important that we understand that here Paul is doing something that nobody had done before that we see in Scripture going on this long, extensive missionary trip to other places all around, places that no doubt maybe had never even heard of Jesus, Because we know he ends up going into Greece, he ends up going to Rome, he goes into all kinds of different areas around the Mediterranean Sea, and he does this mission work, going and talking about Jesus to people who probably never heard of him, maybe knew very little about the Jewish culture in general, the prophecies that were laid out for them beforehand, and he is doing this work, him and Barnabas are doing this work. And it's significant for us to understand this because if Paul would have just decided like the rest of them to establish a ministry in Jerusalem or in Israel or just the immediate surrounding areas, he would not have gotten into Greece or Rome or these other places. But he does the work that God tells him to do. He goes into the Gentile nation. So that is a significant part of what we are reading here. And we must understand that as we go through the rest of the context of Scripture. But what we see here in the first of this scripture, I want us to be recognizing the authority that God bestows. To recognize the authority that God bestows. Let's read the first part of that scripture again. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away we all know people in our own lives or of seeing them on another stage in some part of our life that have some level of authority right I, I can look at many of you and say that you have authority in different areas of life, right? Different circles, different communities, different parts of the surrounding area that you have some level of authority. Maybe you come across people that there's people that have authority in the workplace. There's people that have authority in the political political atmosphere. There's people that have a, authority in certain communities. That's authority. But what we see here is a God-bestowed authority that no man can give. To somebody else, right? It says that the Holy Spirit said very clearly. If you read the first part of this chapter and the, and the previous chapter, the end of it, it's talking about how all these different ministers had come together. They were praying, they were worshiping, they were doing the Lord's work in Jerusalem and in Israel, doing the things that God had called them to do. But here we see the Holy Spirit specifically says, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called. Them had called them to right. We see this is a God specifically bestowing an authority for Barnabas and Saul to do this work, the work that He called them to do, which is going to go into the Gentile places and begin to go into places that needed to hear the gospel preached. This was an authority that only God could bestow. Right? You can go, I can go through a lot of things. I could run for mayor or do things. That's an authority that mankind can bestow upon me, right? That I can have role, that I can have some measurable power. I can do certain things of that manner, right? I can work my way up in my job and get to a higher position of authority. Right? But here we see that there are times and instances that we need to recognize the God given authority that He has placed upon somebody or even in our own life. It says the Holy Spirit said, This is the Holy Spirit. Once again, what we talked about through all the book of Acts, even in the first chapter, we said if you put a motto to this, if you put like just a little blurb of what this whole book is about, it's about the power of the Holy Spirit working in this new this blossoming church to do what God needed to be done yeah. in the world around us, right? Amen. And here we see the Holy Spirit comes and bestows the specific authority of God to do a work through Barnabas and Paul in this season for this specific thing. ma'am we need to recognize when God is giving us authority into a certain time or a certain season or to do a certain work, right? Even we've talked so much lately about going and talking to people about Jesus, going and talking to people about being saved, about the gospel message. That is an authority that God bestows up on us. You have that power to go and to do that. That's just not something that I do willy-nilly. That's just not something that I do because I like to do it or I think it's a good thing to do, or it's something that I've been given the authority that once I was saved, God gave that authority to me to go and to spread the gospel message to tell of the good news of Jesus Christ. That authority has been bestowed upon me, not by Gilbert, not by my daddy, not by the preacher that was over me or some group of deacons that may have prayed over me. That authority was given to me by Christ coming into my life, setting up His kingdom in me, and the Holy Spirit living and working within and through me. That is an authority that we have And we need to recognize that, right? There are so many Christians that live their whole entire life not recognizing the authority and the power that God has given us to go and do the work of Him that lives within us in the world around us by spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. We do not activate and use that authority that God has placed upon us to do that work of whatever it may be, specifically of talking to people about Jesus Christ, but whatever it may be right? The authority that I have as a minister is, yes, I went through different things. I was ordained through by man and in essence things like that through a church and I'm thankful for those people that have that confidence in me, right? And I have no qualms about that. But my, my, my authority to pastor, to preach does not come from man. Right. It comes from God, right? right? The authority to be a deacon does not come from man. It comes from God. I would even go as far to say to teach the gospel. is isn't something that just comes from man. It comes from God. To give testimony and to give representation of who God is to you. It's not something that I instruct you to do, or I tell you to do, or I equip you to do, but God, working through us, gives us the authority and the power to do those things. Amen. Ma'am. Bless you, Lord. This is not saying... We do not need to study. We talked about that in Sunday school. This is not saying that we don't need to put in the work or the effort or to try to do better. That's not what it's saying. But what I am saying is, we need to know the authority that God has placed upon us and be living powerfully within it. Amen? To do what we can to fulfill and to live up to that authority that God has placed upon our life. Right? The, the reality is, we've all had people that are over us in different positions in our life. Maybe it was somebody in our family. Maybe it was somebody at work. Maybe it was somebody in school or whatever that had a position of authority over us that was not living out that authority, right? They didn't take charge. They didn't take that position and use it to the fullness, right? It was really just wasted because it wasn't being activated and used to help people around them. There are many Christians that have the authority that God has given them to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to go and minister to those that are lost and dying in need of a savior, yet do not participate in that authority, and that authority is just laid wasted at the side because we do not use the power, the Holy Spirit working through us, the authority that He has given us to go out to the world to make disciples, to compel them to come in, go into the highways and the hedges to tell them of the wedding feast that has come. We don't use that authority. We must recognize that we have authority. And we must use that authority. Think of this. You go historically, back once upon a time, before we had all kinds of security measures and things like that, and even those don't even do everything they're supposed to sometimes, right? But you go back in time, and used to, they would send messages. Kings would send it from king to king, or they would send it to a lower governor, or they would do different things. Maybe it's to seek peace, maybe it's to declare war, maybe it's to try to get trade going on, whatever it may be. And they would send these letters through messengers and things like that because they didn't always have phones, they didn't always text people, they didn't always have emails. They used to actually have to write letters and things of that nature. So they would write this letter, make some kind of deal, and then they would have what was called a seal. Right? Yeah. A king's seal, a royal seal that would be taken wax, would be poured on the envelope, the, 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 where it was closed, or whatever it might may be. And then that seal was pushed into the hot wax to create a, a, a seal that was recognizable to anybody who saw it and that was hard to reproduce so that anybody would know this is coming from a place of power, a place of authority, a place where whatever is written in this has meaning and purpose and, and has they can do what it says it's supposed to do. We have been given that seal, right? That, that seal from our divine King, our G- Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior of the world, creator of all things, God Almighty, Alpha and Omega. That seal of authority has been given to us as Christians, right? right? As believers, as disciples, as followers of Christ. That means what we deliver, what we bring into the world should come from Him and should bear that significance, bear that power, bear that authority, so the world looks and says, I see that seal. I see that person. I see that they come from God, that He's given them authority, has given them power. What they say, what they do, has meaning. And I know that I can count on that coming from the authority that God has, has given them. Right? We have to recognize the authority that God has bestowed Upon us, right? They saw that. They said, "Well, the Holy Spirit said he wants Barnabas and Saul. That's an authority that he has given to them." So they go and they fasted, they prayed, right? They wanted to make sure they weren't being deceived in some ways, they weren't their own biases come through. But they recognized this is authority that comes from God. They laid hands on them and they sent them that way. They didn't do anything, right? The other people, they prayed for them, they lifted them up, they encouraged them. They, st- they said, "We're behind you," but it was God that gave them authority to go out and do this mission that God has sent them to do, right? We also have to recognize that we are resisting opposition and false authority. I don't think any of us are oblivious to the fact that Satan has power, Mm -hmm. right? And and we can sometimes, and don't hear what I'm not saying, we can sometimes overlook and take for granted the power that Satan has because we are just so accustomed to experiencing the power of God, Right? But I pray that none of you have ever been in a place or that you never get in a place where you see and recognize and have to go through a season where you experience the power that Satan has upon this world. Right? He has power over this world. The Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. But that doesn't mean that he that is in the world is weak or useless or has no ability to do things. He does. We know that. From experience and from Scripture, we will face opposition that comes from the authority of Satan. Just as much as God gives us authority to do His work in the world, Satan also gives authority to certain people and powers to do His work on the world. We are in conflict, not with flesh and blood, but with powers of the air, with darkness, with these things of this evil nature. We see that, and we see that here in this Scripture, Right? It says, Now, when they had gone through the island of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar Jesus. This is wild, right? This is a Jew! This wasn't somebody out there that was just so foreign from the concept. It doesn't say he was this pagan person from the tribal lands in Germany and things of that time. What we would recognize as Germany now. He doesn't say that. It doesn't say he's some kind of soothsayer from the Orient or someplace in that direction. Or somebody from uh, deep in Africa or whatever it may be. It says he's a Jew. But a false prophet. Whose name was Bar-Jesus who is was with the proconsul? Proconsul is just a governor and overseer of a, of a providence of that name of that time. Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. Paulus was an intelligent man. This man called Barnabas. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Ilamas, who is Bar Jesus, they are the same person. The sorcerer, for so his name is translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away. From the faith. We see in the scripture what happens each and every day that this world keeps turning. Yeah. This is the reality not of just two thousand years ago, but of yesterday, of today, and tomorrow, and if time keeps going a thousand years or two thousand years from hence, and this will still be the reality. Of life. At each and every day, those that God has given authority, Barnabas and Saul, will come into conflict with those that the powers of the air, the enemies of the world that Satan has given authority to, Elamus, because they both seek the same thing. One seeks to turn mankind to faith in God. The other seeks to turn mankind away That's right. from faith Amen. in God. And we see that that authority, those powers are in conflict. And even though greater is He His enemy than He is in the world, we understand that, we believe that, we can find strength and courage and just passion within that, that does not mean that these battles are easily won every day that we come into conflict with it. This does not mean that every time I show up that the enemy is just going to bow down and say, hey, God showed up, a Christian showed up, the, the Lord's going to work, I just have to hit the road. No! He has that power, that authority, and He is going to throw everything He can that those of us that try to follow into God's footsteps, to do what he has called us to do, to live within the authority that he has given us, he will oppose that at all times. Yeah. Amen. We understand, just from looking at the character of Satan, from the Old Testament, New Testament, that Satan wants to be as unto God. Wants to be likened as unto God. He views himself in that in that way, right? As a as a divine feat. And he cannot do what God has done, right? God created the heavens and the earth. He created everything that we know, that we everything that we see around us. As the trees change and as the world moves, He created them, right? Satan wants to do everything he can to emulate that, and he creates counterfeits and things that are not that look or look similar or look like they are created by God, but that are not of God. Just like there's counterfeit money, and thankfully I've, I've never had to, you know, deal with that. But you know, if you see a counterfeit thing, Maybe you might understand it and know that that's not real, but some of it's pretty good stuff, right? Some of it looks pretty authentic. Some of it looks, you know, pretty hard. It'd be easy to pass off if you don't have the tools and don't know what you're doing. You might just take it and be like, yeah, that's just, that's the real thing. The enemy seeks to do that same thing. He seeks to create people, as bar Jesus was, who have some level of authority, right? Certain sorcerer, that means that he can do certain things, right? They just didn't hand out that title to anybody. This guy probably has some some things that he could do. He probably had some authority from the enemy that he, that he gave. We see back in Moses' time and everything when he went to, to Pharaoh that there was sorcerers at that time that could try to emulate what God could do authentically through Moses. And we see the same thing here with Bar-Jesus or Illinus, whichever you want to call him, that he was imitating in some way the working of God and that had given him some authority or power from Satan and that he came opposition with, though, the authentic power of God in Barnabas and Saul, right? and we see here in a minute, we'll read the Scripture again, we see that when the counterfeit comes into contact with the authentic power, that it really doesn't stand a chance. Right? Whatever little things that Bar-Jesus or Elimaeus could do, you know, whatever little tricks or part of things he could do, does not stand in comparison to what Paul is able to do through the working of the Holy Spirit and His authority that God had given him. What Paul is able to do, it just does not compare. Right? But we need to understand We've talked about it before. we talked about bad doctrine. we talked about bad teaching a couple weeks ago. We've talked about those things. Those things are going to arise. Those things are going to come up. Things that try to imitate God. Things that look like they may even have the authority of God upon them. But that's why the first point is so important. We must recognize what is God's bestowed authority and what is the world's bestowed authority and know the difference. Right? So we see that, that we have to resist the opposition and the false authority... That the world tries to give and to pass off as similar to God, close to God, and He even takes on the name. You know, I'm a takes Bar Jesus, right? I mean, it is an imitation of what these people, Barnabas and Saul, the apostles, the disciples, what they had authentically experienced. Bar Jesus is an inauthentic, fake, counterfeit version of that. But He withstood them, seeking to turn the procons, turn this man away. From the faith, right? No doubt, maybe we've experienced that in our own life and we've seen people that we've loved go through that, right? God trying to work on them, them getting close, right? Then maybe, you know, you see convicts working on them and then somebody else will come along. Somebody that comes with authority from the devil. Somebody that's come to do the devil's work and to try to pull them away. And then they they just kind of, the growth that they are making, they kind of take those steps back. We may have seen that or experienced that. That is why we must be using the authority God has given us. To continue to pursue those that are lost out in the world. To live in whatever calling God has placed upon our life. To do what He has called us to do. So that we can turn people to faith in Christ. Amen. But we also need to be exercising God-given authority with boldness. With boldness. The scripture says, In Saul, who was called Paul. Filled. With the Holy Spirit. Looked intently at him. And said, Oh fool of all deceit and all fraud. Look at the dichotomy here. Paul is filled with the Holy Spirit. Bar Jesus, real is full of deceit and fraud. Once again, I think I made this clear. I don't think scripture is written in a way that coincidence like that happens. That we see that one man is said to be filled with the Holy Spirit and the other is full with deceit and fraud. It's very clear that the author here is trying to let us see that these are two very different things. They might be similar in some natures, right? They're both trying to give wisdom to a man. They're both trying to lead a man in a certain way. They both have some kind of miracle-working power, right? We see that, but one is fraudulent, and one is real. We see all full of deceit and all fraud. You son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind. Not seeing the sun for a time, and immediately a dark mist fell on him. And he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. We must Exercise our God-given authority with boldness. As we already kind of straight into this is at the end of the sermon, is that, is that we, a lot of times, as Christians, have this God-given authority to go and do the working of God in our communities, in our families, in the people around us. People we love and know, people that we don't know, we never met. We are given this authority, this calling, this power that we must live out to go and to be a witness of Jesus Christ, and sometimes it's in more specific ways. In myself, I am a pastor. We have our deacons, and but in other ways, it's just a more just a larger path, right? Just a broad stroke of we have been given authority to tell people about Jesus Christ. We must be living and exercising that authority daily, right? Daily, not just every now and then, not just when we feel like it, not just when things are going well, but we must do it daily. We must be practicing and exercising the authority and the power that God has given us as disciples and followers of Christ in every avenue, in every way that we can see. right? This is Paul. Not of his own volition. Not because he wanted to. Not because he felt like it. Not because Paul was angry. Not because Paul was mad. Not because Paul just had a a desire to do something like this. Not because he woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Not because of anything. Paul, basically, because he was filled with the Holy Spirit, did this thing. He had this authority that he knew was upon him. We believe as Christians, we believe in our church that once we are saved, that the Holy Spirit is imbued within us at that moment an instance. That we have been given access to the Holy Spirit working through us and in us. Right? And we see that with Paul. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit, that authority that was upon him, pushed him, drove him to it. To call out and declaim something in the name of Jesus, to do this word and say, nothing is going to stop me, Paul, from doing what I'm supposed to do. What he's supposed to do, lead the proconsul to where he would believe. Amen. To where he would believe. Here's the thing As Christians, in our modern society, we have come to a place. Paul approaches this situation and he says, nothing is going to stop me. From getting this man to this point, if he has any desire to do it, I'll do what I have to do to get him to that point. We have strayed so far from that mentality. It comes time to minister or to show somebody the love of God. It said that the proconsul wanted to hear from Barnabas and Paul. He had a desire, and Paul's like, All right, buddy, you got a desire? I can deliver on that. I can tell you what you need to hear. I can tell you what I've come to deliver. If you've got any desire, I will do what needs to be done to get you across that finish line. I can't save you, but I'll lead you there because you seem to be willing to drink. So I'll lead you to water. The enemy threw everything he could to try to stop that from happening. If this was us today, if this was us today, given the same authority, because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Given the same authority. When of and Bar Jesus shows up and tries to push them away, would we have just left? Or would we have continued to pursue and exercise the authority God has given us? Because the reality is, it's what we see more in today's world and culture and society. If it's not easy, it's not worth doing. And that mentality has penetrated and perverted the church's mentality about leading people to Jesus as well. If it's not easy, well, they're just not ready. We'll say that make ourselves feel better. If it's not easy, well, I guess it's just not their their time yet. If it's not easy, well, I'll just try another time. Try some other time. If we have any kind of opposition that tries to stop us from doing that, right? Then we say, well... You know, guess it just wasn't meant to be. That is not the mentality Paul approached this with. He was approached by a sorcerer that had power and position that sat at the right hand of this governor, of this governor of Rome, who Rome, we talked about Sunday school, had no nice feelings for the Christian faith at this point in history, right? That didn't come for hundreds of years. And he could have every reason to say, All right, if you want me, you know where I'm at. Get this guy, shake him, and we can come talk. But no. He says, this is the problem. Problem go away. He says, I'm going to do what God has called me to do. He says, I'm going to activate and exercise the authority that God has placed on me. He said, he remembered. He looked back at the time. And was like, I remember Barnabas. Don't you remember we were there with all those other preachers and all those other ministers and all those other followers of God? And don't you remember how the Holy Spirit spoke to us and said He's calling us out to go and do this work? That He's given us authority to do this? If I've got authority to do this, I'm not going to let things stop me doing what God has called me to do. And Paul does what he's called to do. We have been given authority by God being imbued with the power of the Holy Spirit. To give us strength, to give us courage, to make us more dynamic at times, to give us wisdom when we need it, to give us to help us understand how to speak, and how often to speak, and when to speak, or how long to speak. The Holy Spirit enables us to do that. But if we don't go through that door, or if we go up, it's it's getting Halloween time, right? I know everybody has different opinions of that, but we've all seen the things where there's always that house, right, at the end of the street, And it's scary and it's spooky and there's all kinds of bad stories about it and nobody wants to go to it because of the way it looks on the outside. right? And then usually the story turns around there's a nice little lady up there that's always been waiting for somebody just to come and say trick or treat and she's got all kinds of great candy. right? Something like that. We as Christians in today's society, we see that scary house, that person, and all the opposition that gets in our way from it. The iron gate with the spikes and we see the dog in the yard and we see this, that, and the other. And we're like, well, I'm just not going to approach that house. It must, it's probably not even worth it anyway. And we don't exercise the authority God has given us to tell people about Jesus, to lead people to Christ, to help them see the need of a Savior. We have this authority. We need to be exercising it, using it for the glory of God, right? There's been times. In Scripture, I think of the the one with the talents. The Bible says that, paraphrasing here, basically the master of the house was going to leave for a season. If we look at the symbolism, this is Christ leaving for a season. And it says he says he left his servants with talents. We view that as physical abilities, but it meant money, right? That's what it meant at that time. I think it's one he left with five, one with three, and one with one. But I always get those numbers mixed up a little bit in my head. Um, He says he goes away for the season, he comes back, and he brings them before him. And the one that had five, he says, I've doubled it, I've got ten, I believe it is. And he said the one with three had doubled it or something, had five or six at that point. And he said the one that he gave one to came up and he said, I I was afraid that I would fail. That's that's what it gets down to. I was afraid that I would fail. So I hit him. And he said, I would have rather you have taken it to the money changers' hand. What he's saying, put it, I'd rather you put it in a savings account and draw a fraction of a percentage over the time that I was gone than to just hide it and to not do anything. Because You're supposed to exercise and use what I have given you. It's the same with us, with the authority and the power that God has given us through the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives to do what it is that He's called us to do. He's saying, don't just let it sit there. You're afraid to fail, right? You're afraid that you're going to mess up. You're afraid that you're going to go and you're going to get rejected. I get that. I understand that. I've been in that place. I've had that mentality. I still do at times. But we need to rather go and do what God has called us to do and to attempt it than to never try it. Paul had this understanding that man... This guy, he doesn't want me to do this. He doesn't want me to even try. He wants to try to scare me and get me to go on down the road, to leave Paphos and go to somewhere else. But he says, I'm at least going to try. I'm at least going to show up. I'm at least going to try to allow the Holy Spirit to work in me, to work through me, to this authority to do what it's supposed to do. He says, if it don't work, hey, but I'm going to try. And he tries, right? He claims so. He calls it out. And he says, man, you, you fool of all deceit and all fraud, son of the devil, enemy of all righteousness. You're gonna, he says, why won't you cease perverting the straight ways of God? But he says, God's got something for you. That's so what he says. The, Lord, the hand of the Lord is already upon you. He says, the Lord already knows what He's going to do to you. And it's not, And He's not going to allow you to get in the way of me doing what He wants done. God is ready and fully prepared to remove the obstacles in front of us, to do what He's called us to do. But we just have to start walking towards them sometimes. We just have to put forth the effort to try to do it. And God says, I'm going to remove it, but I'm not going to remove it unless you're going to walk towards it. Sometimes He just wants to see the faith in us to step towards something that's daunting. And then once He sees that faith, that faith, all that He needs, and He's going to remove that mountain. He's going to make things straight. He's going to prepare a way for you. But He needs to see that faith in the authority that He has given you to take that step towards it and knowing that He's going to do what needs to be done to get you from point A to point B. I love the saying that He didn't call you to something to not bring you through it. If He has brought you to this place, given you the authority, then He is not going to say, now figure it out. That's not the God that He is. He's saying, now just approach it and then watch what I do in front of you. Man, have you ever just done that? Have you ever just boldly that's what we talked about in bold with boldness. Boldly step towards what God has called you to do and then just watch everything that was in your way fall at his feet. Everything that was the obstacles that you had looked at, that you had accounted for, that you thought about, that you'd fretted over, that as you approached what God had called you to approach, just to watch it all fall. That's what God is capable and willing to do. But we need to be exercising. God-given authority with boldness. With boldness. Amen? God has given us authority. God has given us power. He told the disciples in one place. I can't remember off the top of my head. But he says basically he says this. He kind of recounts the things that he's done. or He said, do you remember them? He says, but greater things, greater things will you do. Greater things will you do. Are we doing greater things? Are we allowing the authority that God has given us to use it and to exercise it to do greater things? Man, He has given us authority. We need to recognize that He has given us authority. If you don't ever recognize it, right... If you don't ever recognize that God has given you power and authority, the Holy Spirit lives within you, then that Holy Spirit will enable you to do abundantly more than you ever thought you could do. If you never recognize that, you'll never step out. right? You also need to understand that you're going to face opposing power, opposing authority. Like I said, greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. But that doesn't mean that He that's in the world is weak and pitiful and frail. He, he's got power too. And we're going to face that authority that He brings at times. But we need to exercise it, to use it daily. To practice doing what God has called us to do at every turn that we get an opportunity. We need to do that and use the authority that God has given us. Embrace this authority to impact the world around us for Christ. To impact our families, our community, our church, our county, broader even still. But there's enough to do here with the authority that God has given us. Amen. So let us exercise and use that authority that God has placed upon his people to do what he has called us, just as he called Barnabas and Paul, just as he has called us to do. Amen.